0: I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I'm really happy to have you with us again today as we unpack the many, many ways to heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD using lifestyle changes. Today, we're going to be talking about the question, are you hangry and anxious? And you know the word hangry, it's hungry and angry. And I think people know this feeling, at least from what I've noticed. You're listening to this audio podcast, so I think you might be interested in some of the books we suggest here at Anxiety Coaches Podcast on audio. For the listeners of Anxiety Coaches Podcast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can download your audiobook, enjoy it, check out their service for a whole month, and then you can just not Take it if you don't want to continue and you got your audiobook, It's yours forever. And I know that you guys like listening to things. So it's really, it's really worth checking into. I love my audiobooks. I'm super duper hooked on Audible. So if you're interested in it, this is a great opportunity to download a free book of your choice. Uh, today, you can go to com slash audible trial for your free book. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com slash audible trial. That link will be in the show notes and on the, the website for your convenience. But let's get started on, uh, are you hangry and anxious? Well, Hangry, it's a really big word in the eating disorder world, too. Uh, Hungry and angry together is hangry, and there's a lot of it going on in this world. But what that uh, term actually reminded me of was a a little bit of 12-step medicine, which is the acronym HALT. Some of the things that you want to remember, and this is really, really, really true for anxiety, is you don't want to get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And that's the acronym HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And the reason we want to stay away from these is because uh, when we are in any of these states, we're extremely, extremely vulnerable We all know that anxiety flares... And it grabs us kind of by the throat sometimes when we are in those more low feeling moments or those times of our day or lives when we are more vulnerable, the anxiety can really seem to jump in. And um, I really want to mention this in the beginning because it's important if you have been clearing your anxiety panic and you've gone a nice long time without really struggling with with a panic attack or with any, even a daily general anxiety, and you're feeling really good, I want you to be extra cautious of these, uh, of this halt, this hungry, angry, lonely and tired times, because if you take a dip, you know, that's our vulnerability. That's our time where we don't have all our resources at hand and something just grabs us. It's not wrong. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It just means you got vulnerable. You got tired. And if you can control it, again, it always comes back to let's control the things we can. And if you can control being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, let's do it. Because life will throw us lots of things we can't control. And then we have to just deal and be extra strong, extra courageous, or whatever. But when we are just being maybe unconscious, or not caring, or not doing our self-care, self-love, we might fall into a more vulnerable state, and we didn't need to. So this is what we want to talk about today, taking care of the things that we can so let's talk about hungry first. Like I said, this is a little 12-step medicine. I think that's where I very first heard this. A lot of people go by this. This is just good uh, healing, good self-care, uh, good medicine for the soul. Halt. Hungry. Let's do the hungry. First thing you can do is to actually understand and know your metabolic needs. And by that I mean knowing yourself well enough to know what you need as far as your daily food intake. Now, it doesn't need to be precise. You don't need to keep spreadsheets on this unless it's something you enjoy, but it needs to be intuitive. You need to be tuned into your body and knowing what your metabolic needs are. I say that because we are all very, very different. There is not one cookie-cutter method or way of eating for everyone. I want that to be perfectly clear here. And different people are going to be hungry at different times. People burn through their food differently. People need different fuel mixes. And by fuel mix, I mean your ratio of your uh, carbohydrate, your proteins, and your fats. Different people need different fuel mixes, different ratios. And that changes even within your own life by what your activity level is, where your hormones are at, and you know what kind of life you're leading, a stressful life, an athletic life, a sedentary life. All of these things come into play, not to mention our genetics and the types of foods that we're eating. So We want to know what our metabolic needs are. And if you need help with that, send an email. I've done this work for a long, long time. I'd be glad to give you a hand or point you in the right direction. The next one is that you want to be able to plan ahead um, if you've had any challenges with your hunger. And by that, I mean, if you tend to find yourself in situations where you are darn right starving getting ready to be hangry instead of just hungry and you are falling down you're not feeling on top of your game because of a hunger level that to you seemed to come out of the blue you want to start looking back and being able to plan ahead for for those kinds of times and and that means maybe you have to pack a lunch maybe you have to pack a snack Maybe you have to keep protein bars or um, uh, hard-boiled eggs in your purse or your uh, backpack, but the reality is there's lots that you can do so that you don't get caught off guard because, again, these are things we can control, and it just takes a little bit of thought and a little bit of planning, and then we have our bases covered, and we don't need to fall into a vulnerable state where anxiety can either, either be a little bit uh rougher on us, or it can come back in where it had been absent for a while. The next thing with your hunger, you want to learn your hunger cues. So hunger cues are like from zero to 10, um, uh, five and six being perfectly satisfied and you don't need to eat. You feel like you could go three or four hours or longer without food. Again, that's going to depend on your metabolic type um, and your metabolic needs. But you want to know where you're at. You want to know when you're starting to fall down, you know, below five, down to four, you want to start thinking about food, get down to three, you want to be eating. Two is you're starting to be famished. One is you're dizzy. And zero is what we would call eating disordered hunger, which would be like an anorexic kind of uh, state of, of starvation. So you you want to watch where you're going because you can, different people slide down that scale, you know, different rates. You, you know, you may be somebody who hungers, tends to turn toward hunger slowly. Other people, their blood sugar drops rapidly and they can go from a four to a two in no time. So that's the kind of person needs to have a snack in their bag or their backpack uh, to avoid any extra challenges. And then with your hunger, you also want to eat. Hunger is not something that needs to be tamed or gotten past or overcome. Hunger is your body's way of telling you it's time for fuel. And now you can manipulate it and you can extend the periods of time. But if you are hungry, you need to eat or you need to be planning your next meal. It's not something that you want to be ignoring. That can get us into trouble because hunger, uh, as any anorexic will tell you, hunger eventually turns off, and that's not a good place to be. We want to respect our hunger. It's what tells us when it's time to eat, and just like fullness tells us it's time to stop. And there's lots of variety in there and there's lots of challenges in there. Some people have challenges, others not. But you want to have attention and you want to be aware of your hunger. You want to learn the difference. The final one with hunger is you want to learn the difference between head hunger and body hunger. So head hunger uh, usually, uh, you know, comes to us from the neck up. It's hunger that is uh, stimulated by our senses—the sight, sound, smell, taste of foods—and body hunger is really that true hunger uh, of. Uh, the stomach may be growling. We're starting to feel a little weak. We might um, be, feel our energy getting a little bit low. And so we, and the growling stomach or emptiness that we know, okay, getting near time to eat for me. So you want to distinguish between a, a, a head hunger, which could be a hunger of the senses or thought of food, and the body hunger, which is telling you it really is time to eat. Let's move on to anger kind of quickly here. When you're healing and working on clearing your anxiety panic, it's really, this is the time to explore real anger. I know in another podcast, we talked about anger having some energy to it, and it can actually feel more energetic and powerful than like depression or hopelessness or even fear. So we want to look at anger in a non-judgmental way and work, you know, use it. Use it uh, to help us clear and work on our anxiety. It's a time to explore because maybe the anger is trying to tell us something. Just like anxiety, we need to look at our anger without judgment. We want to be able to just look at it, not judge it, and ask it what it has for us. Is there a message in that anger? Or is it just pulling us up that scale that we talked about in the other podcast, pulling us up that emotional scale so that we have a little bit more energy and can get things done that need to be taken care of. Don't be afraid of it and don't feed it, but do listen to it. Have the awareness that it is there and let it see if it has a message for you. Another thing in the uh, acronym here after anger comes uh, lonely want to avoid being lonely. And um, this doesn't mean you need to be around a crowd of people. It doesn't mean that you have to call up all your friends and keep everybody around because as any true lonely person can tell you, you can be lonely in a crowd of people, of people you know and love, and you can still feel lonely. So, uh, you know, avoiding loneliness is an inside job and it uh, everybody has a different need for outside stimulation and inner quiet and peace and stillness. So you want to know who you are with that. So again, we're just paying attention. Who are we? What are our needs? What do I need to feel uh, not lonely, to feel like I am cared for and accepted and making my way in this world? That's my inside job. That has to do with my relationship with me And so the more extroverted you are, the more you may be out and about, uh, that doesn't mean that you can't be lonely though. And the more introverted you are, you may be home a lot and you may be, uh, without companionship a lot by choice. And that doesn't mean that you're home lonely. Um, it really, like I said, this is an inside job. It's not about who's around you, but it's about how you are feeling and you want to avoid that lonely feeling, the way that you can do that is to really be checking in with yourself. Are you getting enough of the downtime that you need? Um, An introvert may feel very lonely in a group of people when all they want to do is be in their little nest at home, listening to some music, recharging. Introverts recharge by being without people, extroverts recharge by being out and about and with others. It's not about anything much more than that. And once again, that's a very big continuum. It's another thing that we slide back and forth on during our lifetimes. But we all have maybe lean, we all know which way we lean a little bit more toward needing to recharge at home alone, or needing to go out and about with friends and family in order to feel engaged and get those fires burning again. Pay attention to who you are, pay attention to what you need, and pay attention to lonely. You know, what is that? Why is that coming up? Do I need more stimulation? Do I need more contact? Or am I lonely in a crowd and I need to go home and reconnect with myself? So again, it's just about knowing yourself a little bit better and paying attention and not being judgmental. Like I said, this changes throughout our life and we all move back and forth on that continuum from introvert to extrovert, depending on our life and what we're doing. And um, so you want to be open and accepting and maybe even adventurous. Like, say, maybe an introvert saying, maybe I feel like I I want a little bit more out time. I want to be with people a little bit more, as unusual as that may be. So just check things out and be generous and accepting of yourself. And finally, we come up to Tired uh, in our acronym HALT. Uh, Tired, watch for this. That overtired feeling, that overtired, cranky, I have too much going on, is a signal that you really need to pay attention to. You actually want to be able to try to catch it before you get into overwhelm. But that tired, like like the, uh, we all have our own little symptoms, right? My eyes get kind of dry. I feel like my eyes just want to be closed. I can still be feeling uh, like I've got some steam in the rest of my body, but my eyes are one of my first signals where it's going like, okay, I need some sleep. These eyes want to shut, even though I really could be pushing through physically some more. And we have to pay attention to these early signals because becoming overtired is a slippery slope for many of us. And once again, when we get down and we're vulnerable and our anxiety is going to rear its head either a little bit more or it's going to reappear when it maybe has been uh, not following us like a close companion lately. So you want to be able to refine your senses with all of these. Notice all of these require us to be aware of our own body minds and to be able to respond to to our own needs with love and care, just as we would respond if a loved one came to us with those same needs. And so we do that for yourself. Treat yourself as you would a loved one who was hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And let's try to catch them as early as we can so that we don't go too far down that wormhole. I love that you guys were here with me again today and that we got a chance to maybe put a little bit more self-care into action. And that is it for today's episode But before I read today's quote, you know, I want to offer you the opportunity to take your healing of your anxiety and panic to the next level. You know, here in the podcast, we share everything that you need to know to begin to clear your anxiety, panic, and to actually get you on the path. But with a little personal guidance and the right group of people around you, the sky's the limit. So if you are ready to take your next step, and to clearing your anxiety panic, I would love to invite you to our monthly group coaching membership program. You get two anxiety clearing skill sheets emailed to you each month, and you get two group coaching calls, which are live, but they're also recorded for those who miss the call. And you you get to have a coach. I am leading the group right now. You get to have me guide you through the challenges that you're having right at that moment. It's a wonderful way for us to have a two-way conversation on exactly where you're at and how to help you move forward. So if you're serious about clearing your anxiety panic, go to anxietycoachespodcast.com slash group dash coaching and join today. I can't wait to see you in the group. I'd love to have you there. And now for today's quote. This quote is from Simone Weil. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. But until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com.